You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. If you will, take your Bibles to Philippians. We're looking at Philippians chapter number 3, and we'll begin reading at verse number 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. And if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. And let's read these few verses together. We'll read verses 10 through verse number 14 together. Philippians chapter number 3. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say oh me. Amen. Philippians chapter 3. And we'll begin again reading in verse number 10, and we'll read down to verse number 14. Ready, begin. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for a wonderful day. I thank you for the privilege we have to open your word tonight. And we certainly need to hear from you. We know that your word has the answer. We know that we live in a, a country and we live in a society that is in desperate need. And I pray that we would not miss what you have for us. I pray you'd speak to us uh, from this passage of Scripture. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We started a few weeks ago, and I certainly won't finish it tonight, but we'll cover a little bit of territory. We started a series here in Philippians 3, and the the text verse, the key verse, I guess, would probably be verse 14, where Paul said, I press toward the mark. It's like a runner in a race. When that runner starts that race, that runner starts with the intention to finish. That runner is going to keep going until that runner reaches the finish line. Now, friend, we haven't reached the finish line yet. You know why I know that? Because we're still breathing and because Jesus has not come back yet. That trumpet has not sounded yet. And until then, it is our responsibility to keep running. Now, I think we all know people and unfortunately, and by the way, except for the grace of God, it could be us. I think we've all known people that ran the race of the Christian life for a while. But something happened. They got discouraged. They got tired. They became disillusioned. Maybe they got bitter. Maybe they backslid, whatever the case may be. But they stopped running the race. Now, friend, I want to tell you, when Jesus comes back, I don't want to be sitting on a sideline somewhere. I want to be running. I want to be given all that I have. Uh, we're, I'm so excited about the school, and we'll talk about that here in a few moments, and we'll, we'll get over there. I won't keep you long tonight, but I just want to let you know that we have not now completed our last project at Victory Baptist Church. 
We have not put it in cruise control to say, okay, finally that's done. Now we can all just take a break for about four, five, six years, and we can just coast till Jesus comes. I want to tell you, there's a job for all of us to do. I'm thankful for our bus ministry, but our bus ministry, we're still running that race. I'm thankful for our children's ministries. I'm thankful for our missions program. I'm thankful for our soul winning. I'm thankful for our saints alive. And I'm thankful for our adults and our teens and our children. But friend, we're in a race. And if you didn't know we were in a race and you sat through the service this morning, then you missed out. There is a battle that is going on and there is a war that is taking place and we must not retreat. We must keep running on. We see in verse 14, Paul said, I press toward the mark. We saw a few weeks ago, we saw, first of all, we are rejoicing in the Lord. Did you see that in Philippians 3, verse number 1? Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. We saw also that there is a realization. It's found in verse number 3. It says, for we are the circumcision. That was Paul speaking of, uh, of his background and speaking of the fact that he was a Jew and he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews at one time and a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But he said, here's what we do. We don't trust in what we've done in the flesh. But here's what Paul said. We worship God in the spirit and we rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. Can I tell you how you run the race? You keep your eyes on Jesus. You don't start to think that you've arrived or I don't start to think that I've got it figured out. I want to tell you, it's only the grace of God. It's only the power of God that keeps us going. That's the realization. Then we saw also, we saw in verse number 10, we saw the relationship. You know what's going to keep you running the race? When you say, I love God and I want to please him. I love the Lord and I just want to give all that I've got to serve him. He loved me. He gave himself for me. And if he could die for me on a cross, certainly I could live for him. And the Christian life is about a relationship. Some people make the Christian life all about rules and all about uh, 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 religion. And it's you got to do this and you have to do this. And friend, I got news for you. The Bible is full of rules and the Bible is full of things you should do and things you shouldn't do. But if the Christian life is only about rules, you're not going to make it very long. I'm not going to make it very long. You know why? Because the rules are not going to be enough motivation to keep you running when you go through the valleys and you go through the trials and you go through the storms. You say, but I, 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 I've never missed a service. Good, and I think that'd be a good, uh, a good achievement to say, I don't miss church. I'm in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I think we ought to be in church when the doors are open. But I want to tell you, I'm not going to church just so I can show somebody a certificate. I'm going to church because I love the Lord. And this is where we worship the Lord, and this is His idea, and the church is what Jesus gave His life for. There must be a relationship. Paul said that I may know Him. I want to know Christ. I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. Number four, I'll give you this word tonight, and this is really where I've been trying to get for a few weeks, but I want to talk to us about the race. Paul said in verse number 14, I press 
That word press, uh, it means to pursue after. It means to strain for. It's, it's like a runner who is approaching the finish line. And the closer a runner gets to the finish line, the more that runner strives to cross that finish line. Have you ever seen the, uh, the Olympic races or have you ever seen those, those marathons where runners are running side by side and when they get to the very end, literally they're straining with every ounce of energy they have to cross that finish line. Can I tell you, that's the way I want to finish. I don't want to finish giving Jesus 50% or 25%. I want to finish my race giving 100%. I want to run the race the Bible talks about the Christian life as a race. It talks about the Christian life as a fight. There is a race to run. I mentioned this on the radio this last week, and I had forgotten about this. I, I, I had it written down in the, uh, some notes that I was going through from the book of Proverbs. And uh, we're in the book of Proverbs on our winning side broadcast uh, Monday through Friday at noon. I hope uh, many of you, I know you, you listen because you text in, but uh, I hope you'll uh, uh, find that to be a help and a blessing. But I was going over uh, the notes and, and I, I had forgotten this, but once I saw it, I thought, oh, I can't believe I forgot that. But it was about four years ago and uh, I was at McDonald's. Um, with Lacey and Savannah. And for that particular time, they were, it was the Olympics were going on. And so they had on the McDonald's cups, they had the Olympics logo. And, you know, we're just having a good time, you know, having a cheeseburger and French fries and, you know, all that healthy food that you have at McDonald's. Uh, you know, I always, I always balance it out with the Diet Coke. That makes everything better, you know. Doesn't matter how many calories you have in the, the quarter pounder or the Big Mac or whatever. But on that cup, there was an Olympics logo. And we were talking, and Lacey and Savannah, they were asking about the Olympics and all that. And, you know, I'm just, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's great, it's wonderful, you know, all that. And uh, I think it was Lacey, but Lacey said, uh, Dad, can we go to the Olympics someday? And, and to be honest with you, in my mind, I thought, yeah, sure, we can go to the Olympics someday. That sounds good. I don't know when the next time is that we'll be in the U.S., but I'm sure it'll be in the U.S. here in the next, you know, couple, couple times, I would hope. And I, when I was a boy, I had an opportunity to go to a World Cup soccer game. Uh, when the World Cup was in the U.S., there was a game in uh, Chicago, and uh, my folks let me go with some, uh, some men from our church, and I got to go to that. It was an amazing experience to go and to see that, and so I thought that'd be a great experience for our girls someday to get to go to the Olympics, and that's what I'm thinking. And then Lacey answers and says, good, because I'm a very fast runner, and I'd love to go to the Olympics, and I thought, well, I'm not sure we're going to the Olympics like that, but maybe as a spectator, uh, but not as a competitor. But here's the thing. I'm afraid many Christians, we have viewed Philippians 3.14 as a spectator. I'm glad somebody's running the race. I'm glad the pastors are running. I'm glad the bus workers are running. I'm glad the Sunday school teachers are running. I'm glad those nursery workers, I'm glad they're running the race. But sometimes we have stepped back and we're watching everybody else run the race when in reality, it's a race for every child of God that we have been called to run. 
When Jesus went back into heaven, he looked at those that were gathered there and he said, ye shall be witnesses unto me. That is our job to fulfill the great commission, to run the race, to fight the fight till Jesus comes back. Notice in Philippians 3 and verse number 13, Paul said, brethren, I, he said, I can't speak for everybody else, but as for me, he said, I have not yet apprehended. That means he said, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't finished my race. I've not done all that God's called me to do. I still have a job. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I can't run the race for you and you can't run the race for me. Uh, I, can't, I can't get you to, uh, to, to get up in the morning and read your Bible and get, get you up in the morning to pray. That's a decision you're going to have to make for yourself. But Paul said, I am going to do some things. I have not yet arrived. I've got one thing I must do. And here's what he said, verse 13. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You see, in the Christian life, you've got to focus on one thing. You know what really matters? Pleasing God. You know what really matters? Eternity. You know what really matters? Uh, not the money that you accumulate, not the houses that you build, not the cars that you buy, uh, not the bank accounts. And all. I'm not against those things. If you've got those things and you can use those for the glory of God, praise God, please do. But those things are not really going to matter in eternity. What's going to matter in eternity is how we have run our race and how we have lived for God with the time, with the talents, and with the treasures that He has given us. You've got to be focused. In running the race, you must not be distracted. Have you ever uh, seen a, a basketball game and maybe uh, college basketball and it comes down to the end of the game and there's a shooter at the free throw line and they will show the fans behind the hoop and it's a glass backboard so you can see everything going on behind that backboard. They will literally provide you with distractions. It'll be, uh, you know, T-shirts or towels that they're waving or they've got these, uh, these, these click sticks that make all this noise and they'll give those out and say, do everything you can when the other team is shooting to distract them so they will miss. I want to tell you, Satan is doing everything he can to distract you from running the race. I love what Brother Walker said this morning and we were talking a little bit uh, after and I'm amazed, but you know what he said? He was talking about some things with social media and all that. And he said, there, there are people on the opposition against the things that we believe in and th the things that we believe are right. He said, they're on the opposition and they are doing everything they can to try to distract you and to distract me from what is really, truly important in this country. And can I remind you, we are in a spiritual battle. And Satan is the master deceiver. And I believe he's the master distractor. He's got some people so distracted that you can't even focus on the children that God gave you. He's got you so distracted, you're not even focused on the spouse that God has given you. 
He's got you so distracted. You're so worried about everybody at work. And you're so worried about everybody else. And you're so worried about Raleigh. And you're so worried about D.C. That the truth is, you haven't even kept your own backyard clean. And I haven't even kept my own backyard clean. But we've got the answers for everybody else. i got news for you. There's not a lot I can do about everybody else. But there's a lot that I can do about Jeremy Coburnett. And there's a lot I can do about my marriage and about my home. And there's a lot I can do about this church. And friend, don't be distracted. Satan wants to distract. Satan wants you to be fearful. Satan wants to detour you from the race that God has for you. I'll give you three thoughts quickly this evening on this idea of running. Number one, if you're going to run the race, you've got to forget the past. You can't think about the last race you can't think about what happened last time. Uh, whenever you're in a, an athletic competition, you can't think, oh, well, you know, these guys beat us last time. Oh, last time I missed this shot. Last time I struck out. You can't focus on the past, whether it be good or bad. Sometimes if you did well the last time, you start to be lifted up in pride and thinking, I've got this. I don't need the Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm God's gift to Victory Baptist Church. I mean, this church, this church couldn't make it without me. Well, I got news for you. This church is God's church, and this church could make it without any of us. It's God's work. And you can't dwell on the past and think good or bad that you don't need God today. Forget the past. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. And then he said this. He said, I'm going to press toward the mark. Number two, you've got to be firm in your purpose. I want to ask you, what, what is your purpose? When you get up tomorrow morning, what is your purpose? Uh, I, I laugh sometimes. Some of you that have retired you haven't retired from anything. You're busier now than you've ever been. Uh, Brother Tommy, right? I mean, you, you couldn't go back to work if you wanted to. You don't have time. But you've got to have a purpose. There's got to be something that drives you. There's got to be something every day that you say, God has me here for a purpose. There's somebody that I can witness to. There's somebody I can pray for. There's somebody that I can encourage. There's a ministry that I can do. And with God's help, I'm going to be firm in my purpose. And then number three, I believe if we're going to run the race and press toward the mark, we must focus on the prize. Paul said it like this in verse 13. He said, I'm going to forget what's behind but then I'm going to reach forth unto those things which are before. In verse number 14, he said, I press toward the mark. Uh, the mark is a goal. It's whatever you're focused on. It's the finish line or for the, the runner, it's the, the trophy, the gold medal. For the, the uh, baseball player, it's the World Series. For the basketball player, it's the championship. But it's whatever you've got your focus on, that is your mark. Paul said, I'm focused on the prize. Can I tell you, you got to keep your focus on the prize because sometimes you get tired. And sometimes the obstacles seem greater than you can overcome. And sometimes you feel like quitting. And sometimes you think you can't go on. But I want to tell you, there must be a desire, there must be a focus for God to work in your life and through your life. There must be a hunger for the things of God. 
There must be a craving and a longing to say, I want God to use me more than I want anything in my life. You see, the race is not about us. The race is all about Him. Hebrews 12, the Bible tells us how we're supposed to run our race with patience. It says, by looking unto Jesus. You've got to keep your focus on Him. When I was in high school, uh, I loved I loved sports. I still do. I don't play them much anymore. But when I was in high school, I loved sports. That was honestly, that was probably the motivation, you know, for, for everything. It was like, when can I, you know, play basketball? When can I play soccer? When can I play baseball? And all, I loved it. I got to do a lot of that uh, with my dad. He was so good about that. And uh, my brother, Joel, he's four years younger than I am. But we got to do a lot of that together. But when I was in high school, we went to a tournament. I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, and it's about three hours away, but we went to Indiana for a tournament at uh, Hammond Baptist School. And it was a big tournament back at that time, and they always had it set up. It was a double elimination tournament. So y'all know what a double elimination tournament is. It means you're in it. Until you lose twice, you're still going. You're still playing. Well, we were, it was our first time to go to this tournament uh, with the school I was uh, attending, East Moline Christian School. And they, we were the new school, and they put us in uh, a bracket with the host team, Hammond Baptist. And Hammond Baptist, at the time, they, they had, I mean, they, it seemed like they had 20 guys on the team. And they all looked like they were like 6'3 and up, you know. And uh, the tallest guy we had was 6'3, I think, you know. And they put us in that bracket, and... Uh, thinking that we weren't going to do very well. And boy, we, we fought them pretty tough, but they beat us that first round. So in a double elimination tournament, if you lose, you go into what's called the loser's bracket. And in the loser's bracket, and it was only a two-day tournament, we played in one day, we played, I believe it was four games. I know it was at least three. I think it was four full-length regulation games. Let me tell you something. If you've ever played more than one game, in a day, that's a lot. I mean, your, your legs are cramping and you're sore and you're tired and you just, you don't, your, your legs feel like jello, you know, and it's just, it's awful. But somehow we came back in that double elimination tournament. We came back and we were in the game that would get us back into the championship game. And as I tell this story, it's, I'm going somewhere with it. You're going to think, why in the world do you remember that? But in this game, we were tired, we were struggling, we were just fighting it out, just doing everything we could, and we had a good team, and we, we enjoyed it, we played together, but there was one point at the end of the game, I remember this very specifically, and again, I was 16 years old at the time, it's amazing the things you can remember, but I remember in this game, I remember it was a close game, and I remember we had a turnover, and I remember that they were getting ready to, to score a fast break layup the other way. And I don't know how I did it. I couldn't jump that high when I was in high school. I mean, I could touch the rim. I could never dunk it, but I could touch the rim. But somehow, uh, I just—I guess I timed it right, and somehow I jumped up while they were making the pass down for a layup. I jumped up about half court, and I was able to tip that pass to keep them from scoring a layup. And I tipped it, and then it was a loose ball. And somehow, I got a hold of it, and uh, it was kind of like a, a pile up, but I got knocked over, but I had possession of the ball. And so not only did I get the steal, but they called a foul, and I got to go to the free throw line, I got to shoot, and, and we ended up winning that game. And we made it back to the championship game. I wish I could tell you we won the championship, but we didn't, but we made it back to the championship game. But at the end of the year, we had an awards banquet 
for, for, that, uh, for that particular team. And the coach, uh, Coach Eck, uh, E-C-K, Lee Eck was his name. Such a great guy, great coach, and, and uh, just, a, he was super. But I remember in that awards tournament, awards ceremony, he was telling everybody about the tournament because it was three, four hours away, and uh, that was at East Moline. And uh, he said, you know, here's what happened in this game, and we got to this, and, and he was talking about the game. And I'll never forget in that game, he said, and then there was this one play, he said, where we, we about lost it. But he said, Jeremy got a steal and really kind of got us back in the game. We were able to win it. I wish, I wish we would have had cell phones back then because I would have put that on Facebook and that wasn't as good as a, a auctioneer championship. But in my mind, you know, it was pretty awesome because the coach recognized it it was and by the way it wasn't a game-winning shot it wasn't even a shot it was a steal it was just something that was probably very little in the whole game but the coach noticed it and not only did he notice it but he commended it and he recognized it can I tell you I don't remember if I got anything at that awards banquet but I didn't need anything you know why because the coach said, Jeremy, you'd made a play that got us into that championship game. And I want to tell you, that is what's going to keep you running the race when you know that we have a God in heaven who he sees everything you do. He sees everything you do that nobody else will ever even know about. And not only does he see, but he's promised that he will reward us. He has promised at the judgment seat of Christ everything we've done, whether it be wood, hay, stubble, whether it be gold, silver, precious stone, it's all going to go through the fire and whatever has been done for Christ in the right motive, God has promised us that he will reward us. I want to tell you, that ought to be motivation to keep running the race so that when we stand before that judgment seat, we can hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.